Namaste, motherfuckers, and welcome to Tantric Conversation, episode number 62. Number 62, the Tantric Roundtable, featuring Ryan Muldoon, Kyle Harris, Chip Cosby, and yours truly, Curtis Payne. Uh, This is not going to be for everybody, only you freaky-deaky people out there that like to talk about Eastern religion, religion in general, sci-fi, fantasy, science, uh, mind-bending, transcendent, I don't know, that kind of shit. You know who you are, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, we, uh, this is kind of a, we had dinner, so it's kind of cool, it's Thanksgiving and we're posting this, I'm posting this the day after Thanksgiving, and... Um, we had just eaten dinner, the four of us, and then I set up the mics and we started talking, or we continued talking after where we had been talking before I set up the mics. I, bear with me, it's not going to be the best sound. Some people are closer to the mics than others. Um, I'm going to try and do something about that when I get done in post, but uh, uh, it is what it is, and uh, it was just a cool thing to get together with these guys um, and connect with people who are like-minded or asking these questions that are curious about these things. Um, if you don't remember, uh, Chip Cosby is a musician in the band Cosby, and he is also a professor of religious studies at VCU. Um, Kyle Harris is Diamond Center Young, Sincla- Young Sinclair's uh, Invasion. Uh, I think he's in an- yet another band besides that. And Ryan Muldoon is a guy I knew as a, he's a writer, and uh, he has a website dedicated to Austin Psych Fest and things connected to that uh, called Revolt of the Apes, and he DJs at various events that are simpatico with that kind of aesthetic as Revolt of the Apes, and uh, he's cool. We both like Monster Magnet the same amount, Ryan and me. So, um, you know, I've been making an effort too to hang out with more guys and do stuff that's with people who are into the kind of stuff I'm into and uh, and you know just use my house and have people over for dinner and play host and stuff I feel like I needed to do that also so see how this goes it's cool but I mean if you're looking for like a one-on-one conversation about like Richmond and music and all of those and whatever all the stuff that usually goes on and along the mean of the tantric conversations is a little different um also i've been thinking about going up to this you know in light of all the things that are going on um this is again the week or week after a week that the verdict was announced ferguson missouri um around the michael brown shooting and i was remembering when i was working in the meat department for restaurant depot back in st paul minnesota it was a very large Somali community there, and if you've never seen uh, Somali women who are totally down with Islam and all of that, they look like um, they look like nuns, basically. Only their habits are uh, black instead of white and blue, or whatever. And they go around and and the full, you know, looking like Mother Mary. And um, many of them shopped at Restaurant Depot, even though they didn't have restaurants or whatever, because uh, we sold a lot of halal meats and chickens and things and the um chicken was in boxes so you couldn't really see the chicken you could just read the date you know you could see that it was halal read the date and the people who ter- typically were buying that stuff were not 
English was not their first language and America is not their first country. Many were immigrants or refugees. And in order to fully engage with the chicken before they bought it, they always had to take the top off of the box, often multiple boxes, manhandled it, ripped the bags open, all this stuff that really chapped my ass as the guy who was trying to keep that department together and not have to damage out product because it was open and all of that. And again, you know, I kept trying to control that situation, kept trying to keep people from tearing into the boxes and opening up my chicken. I went to great lengths to do it, um, even Xeroxing pictures of various parts of the chicken and ma- putting it on magnets and the steel above the chicken. Anyway, one day a group of uh, Somali women came in and they were um, doing the thing with the chicken and popping open multiple boxes and I kind of came charging down there and I was asking if I could help them with anything and they all stopped and they looked at me and they said, why are you angry, brother? And it stopped me in my tracks for two reasons. One, they called me brother, which I really thought was both loving, awesome, and disarming at the same time and also because... I had to honestly ask myself that question. Why was I angry? You know, um, am I really that angry about this chicken that's not even mine? You know, when I'm getting paid like 12 bucks an hour to stock it and drive a forklift to do all this stuff, I'm really going to be that jealous? No, I'm trying to control stuff because I'm angry about something else. And I'm exerting myself where I feel like I have power because I feel powerless somewhere else because I'm angry about conditions in my life, conditions that led me to working in a 38-degree room selling chicken, conditions which had me a thousand miles from my home and family and everything I knew, conditions that had to do with me uh, having had my heart broken fairly recently and being really angry and in denial about that and just a whole lot of stuff. And where I was at at the time, I was able to first say nothing, I'm sorry, and walk away from those ladies and then you know, explore that question. And I bring this up because I, uh, I feel like there's a very, obviously very legitimate reason to be outraged and angry about what went on, what happened to an 18-year-old guy that was acting out, getting gunned down in the street by a police officer. There's no denying that that is fucked up. Um, what I have to stop and ask all of the people who are protesting and rioting and tearing shit up as, what are you angry at, brothers and sisters? Because it is, I know what one of the things, one of the big broad strokes of what we're, what you're angry about, racism, and all of the ways it's manifested currently and has been in memory of the last four or five decades. Um, but, you know, it's, there's more there. There's more powerlessness. And some of that powerlessness isn't about racism. Some of that powerlessness is just about life and just about the cross everyone has to bear. And I feel, you know, when something like this happens, it winds up being a steam valve for all of the frustrations that a human being experiences in life. And when it can be really like, you know, it can be... (sighs) It's clarified by something racist happening, something like that happening, something that outrageous happening. It comes into focus and you know what to do with your anger that you feel. Maybe somewhat at that, but a lot more about a lot of other things. And um, I'm not here to tell anybody else how to feel. I'm just contemplating this stuff and how anger shows up in my own life, how rage 
shows up in my own life, especially about things that I cannot control or make me feel powerless and make me feel like a victim. And what is my solution in those circumstances and and what I've been attempting to move towards and what I practice is first of letting go of that kind of thing, um, letting go of that need to be in control and to ne- and the the um, delicious feeling of righteous indignation and resentment that comes along with knowing that you're right. You know, it's not it, it's it's a hollow victory, I think, to be right a lot of times when you really are still left with the same set of conditions. You still feel the same way at the end of the day. It's not very satisfying. And um, so I have to acknowledge that and I have to be mindful of that. And then I have to go out and try to do something positive. And rather than destroy, I think we should build. And rather than point fingers, I think we should, you know, wrap our arms around people and hold hands and join together because this is just one of many manifestations of man's inhumanity to man what happened there and and it comes out of fear it comes out of the unknown it comes out of powerlessness it comes it's that is a particular confluence of of feelings events of emotions of all kinds of things that led to one man being dead and another man's life probably being ruined even if he doesn't go to jail and um you know i have i i feel compassion for all sides of this situation, I, you know, and compassion literally means to suffer with. I could put myself, I could put myself in everyone's shoes there. Um, think about that. Just think about it. I'm not telling anybody what to do or how to feel or how not to feel. I'm just saying, look at it from this perspective. Try that on for size. And without uh, any more preaching on my part, let's let's listen to us. I think we can hear everybody. Chip, why don't you do some talking there so can see what we got. Hey, 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 hey. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can. Yeah, testing. One, two. Testing. All right. So what were we, what were we just talking about? Interdimensional beings. Everything. <laughs> They're all around us. Oh, well, okay, so the, you know, you were saying out there you don't have to be a guru, mm-hmm. right? And... Like I never give any thought to gurus other than, um, you know, as a as a joke stereotype kind of a thing. Like the Beatles got uh, brought in or seduced by Maharishi Mahesh, whatever. What was his name? Yeah, the Maharishi. Maharishi. Yeah. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. But like you know, so the way that my spirituality works, I guess we kind of got on this. You know, I'm attracted to things that are initially more below the waist and then that helps guide me into the things that are more um so i guess the tantric you know or the the physical the uh the um comma stuff does pull me in that direction and like i was attracted to this girl at a coffee shop and then you know it turns out she lived in india for a year and she was over there to train people to work for a publishing company you know nothing particularly spiritual but she ended up you know, pick it. You know, exploring a lot of the culture and, and telling me a lot of things, and um, you know, and I was really receptive to hearing this stuff from her because she was really beautiful, and you know, there was this whole level of attraction. But anyway, she talked about the idea of you know close teaching and you know the, the guru one transmission of just one from one person to another. Sure. And and in the for me in AA, the idea is that that's what's going on between a, a sponsor and a, a sponsee, but it goes both ways. It's, t- it's two guys 
with neither one of them have any authority. One of them has more experience than the other. But your the learning is going both ways. Sure. So the idea is um, that just that everybody actually can be a guru. You know, somebody has something to impart, and 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 by engaging in the action of imparting and then receiving, mm-hmm. more things occur. You know, just by getting down into the close teaching thing. You know, and. Um, having substantive conversations, which is like, you know, that's why I do this thing, you know, and also why I wanted to get more disparate yet common people together. That's how I... <laughs> nice yeah. big common person. Common as in <laughs> you common ass. Uh-huh. You got a common ass bitch. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, we were talking, you were talking about Ken Wilber and then yeah, well, talk, talking about, you know, kind of what you were just saying, you know, it's just, and, and I'm, you know, definitely, um, I feel like in this group, I'm probably the, the, the newest to this mind opening thing and whatever. But, but what I'm realizing is that, you know, <clears throat> you know, other than, I, I guess, other than, you know, your basic Christianity, it seems like all the other ones are focused on that you can become, you know, like, you know, I've been kind of just touching in the, some of the Gnostic gospels and, you know, that, that's the thing. It's like everybody is capable of achieving this thing. You don't have to go through these channels that, you know, growing up where I grew up in the way I did. And I, I, you know, assume, I I don't know if most of you guys do, but you know, you, you were taught, this is what you have to do if you want to go to heaven and you have to be this. What tradition did you grow up in? Uh, Loosely, you know, I mean, it, it was, you know, Christian. I mean, we, you know, there was, we kind of went to some different churches. We didn't go to a whole lot of church growing up. I, I started going to one by choice when I was a teenager. I went to a Church of Christ for a while. Um, my grandparents went what there. What branch is that? Like? <sighs> I don't know. They're their own church. Yeah. They're, they're not, what is it that, that uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and Ellis and all of them came? Pentecostal. Pentecostal, yeah. yeah. Um, which that's more my, 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 my I guess, well, Su- Southern Baptist was more like my dad's side, which was a little closer, I think, to Pentecostal maybe. But um, um, Church of Christ was, their, their big thing was that it was a literal interpretation of the New Testament, and they didn't really study the Old Testament much. And also. Which, which version are they literally interpreting? Um, well, they they had the King James version. Is what the English in English, okay. yeah. So and okay. and also their thing. The, the biggest thing, the, the the biggest thing that that I ended up you know having the most problem with, which, well, it, we it's, want to come back to this, but like because I want you to continue your train of thought because you were talking about the idea that so many spiritual traditions really do celebrate the idea of revealing truth on a one on one basis mm-hmm. that you don't need an inter- necessarily need an intermediary who's going to give it to you mm-hmm. right is that yeah yeah um, um, the, the, just quick on that the, 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 the hang up I, that I ended up having the most is that they are very anti uh, instruments in the church they, it's all acapella like singing yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you know because I think it, doesn't, it says make a joyful noise unto, unto the, the Lord, Lord yeah. which doesn't say play an instrument unto the Lord right. so that was like the, the translation and, and it doesn't not say playing an instrument either. <laughs> well that's what I'm saying but but it didn't say it so that's their, their sticking but that was a, a, a Baptist thing and, and all of that is that the human voice is the most reflective mm-hmm. of God, which you know, I don't disagree with, you know. But um, and it was interesting hearing a congregation of people 
that you know they they were singing regardless of their talent. You know right. they were still giving it to it, and it still would bring you. Know, I mean, church, anytime I've gone to any churches that were you know these congregations of Christians, I guess is what I mostly done. I mean, the, the, the songs are what do it. I mean, the, the the preaching, the message, you know, may or may not hit me, but it's when I hear the music, I'm done. I'm crushed. Yeah. You know, and that's and that that to me tells me that it's it's not about these words that you know some men uh wrote you know even even you know the the teachings and i feel like i'm talking out of my ass here because i'm not you know like but the you know like there's there's you know the the words in red in the bible there are the ones that i think should have the most if you're going to go that route have the most uh meanings but you know they're they're written you know after the death of the christ if that was even a thing and then you know and and but people are taking this literally and um and that and that and what I've realized more recently is where I have the biggest problem is that you know you're basing your whole your 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 judgment of others and your your battles are based on these things that are created by these guys from the Church of England or wherever right. that have translated this right. thing and and made it their own you know to fit their own model. Mm-hmm. Um, could could have you seen that literalism is uh, maybe the work of the devil? Yeah, yeah the the yeah. the inability to. Uh, to actually comprehend and to receive and to um, identify with the the truth and to internalize the truth, yeah, Yeah. but to have a superficial relationship with it. And I I had a thought in this very room not that long ago that that what was being very dubiously offered by Satan in the Garden of Eden when they ate from the tree of knowledge was this synthetic plastic superficial knowledge yeah. the, the very conceit that you can know a thing that's right you know by knowing by naming it and by right. you know putting your brain all over it in a particular kind of way like yeah, this, yeah. you know um, and to and to lose completely the gnostic experience of mm-hmm. having an experience having it in your bones like mm-hmm. to have an intuition you know to have yeah. your own personal mystical experience don't have that just go around thinking you know shit, you know? Right, right, thinking right. you've mastered and, it, thinking and you've correct, got on top of it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the the Gnostical approach is that that the um, that, that 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 God was actually um, a, a, like a, a lesser God, mm-hmm. right? That, that uh, a demiurge the or demiurge, whatever. And, yeah. the, and but was, there is a God above the demiurge. There's a God. There's the there's the mother. God. There's the, it's the pleroma. There's yeah. Sophia, and then above that, there's still whatever. And then Sophia that, gave know, birth to the demiurge. Right, right. And then that the uh, that the the serpent was actually like the Christ that yeah. came to yeah. You know, break that down because I read a little bit of it on Wikipedia, and I talked about it on a previous podcast. Sophia yeah. gave birth to the demiurge, but the demiurge is named the demiurge because that is. Called, is the worker? It's a craftsman, yeah. right? Well, his his his, his his technical name is Yalbadoa. Mm-hmm. Yalbadoa. That sounds yeah. very satanic. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but tell you know, so like, I I read a little bit of the preface of the Gnostic, and, and you know, this got me really interested. But can you you being the uh, repository of <laughs> actual referential reference? Well, I, I do what I can. <laughs> so, yeah, the tree of knowledge. Um, the serpent is kind of seen as the uh, the good guy, mm-hmm. not as like leading into uh, a fallen state. Uh, um, so the serpent kind of represents um, leading us into our birthright, mm-hmm. which is gnosis, mm-hmm. right? 
divine knowledge. Mm-hmm. But this is not this is not knowledge in the way that we think of in the West right. of like empirical empirical things. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, more of an interior knowledge, mm-hmm. um, which is also no, Bodhi, no. right? I mean, isn't that isn't but yeah, that's the it's, same, it's like the same, very similar. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's very of all of all of the different world religions have a mystical tradition. Some are closer to that than others, and the Christian church got the most into plastic, synthetic knowledge because it became completely... I mean, a lot of them are... Uh, the caste system in India and stuff that comes out of their the um, the Vedas and all that kind of stuff, that's certainly a way that people are controlled, and Christianity um, definitely became that, and that's why most of us aren't that cool with it, you know, but... But the real guy, I mean, the, the allegorical or, or legendary or mythical being who's, you know, his name was, you know, Christos, which is like the anointed chosen one. It's not even his, like, given name, right? It's his title. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of an honorific. Yeah. yeah. He's supposed to be like a, a Buddha, you know, like a person who's revealing this truth. And really, if, you, if the Gnostics are saying that, like, you know, the Old Testament God is actually this meddling asshole who um, you know really doesn't know what's outside of his cloud? He's mm-hmm. his mother Sophia. We found you know was not supposed to create mm-hmm. him. She created him, hid him inside a cloud on a throne, mm-hmm. and he didn't know anything was outside of that. And he started creating all of this, and he was even unaware of the transcendent God, who is who again? Uh, is the it's the pleroma. The pleroma. But then didn't he see like a? Wasn't there a, a story about him seeing a reflection of something? Like he saw a reflection and then got really jealous. Who's he? Uh, did, um, didn't um, didn't the demiurge uh, uh, see a reflection of his either of his mother or of somebody in, in something? And I, I just read something about that. And, and then it and then he got really jealous. And then um, I don't know. Then, then obviously point, got a problem with the demiurge is similar like, to the kind of the Satan figure. Like right. more is like a fallen. Right, like a trans, somewhat transcendent being. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I got so much of this from this Graham Hancock. Do you know who he is? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah talking on uh, the Duncan Trussell mm-hmm. family hour. Uh, but it, so if so, you know, he's putting out there that perhaps you know these beings that we tend to think of as mythical or legendary or whatever, they could actually be consciousnesses that do not live in bodies; mm-hmm. that they exist in the other material, yeah. Yeah. you know. And they are extremely that, jealous. So many of them. So would that be like dimensional, I guess, almost, or well, like, it could just be in you know their consciousness yeah. could exist in the material of the of the air because this not, this is all matter, mm-hmm. you know, all around us. It's not empty space, yeah. and is it? This is the desire realm, is what Buddhism calls it. They call it the desire yeah, realm. It's, there's the desire realm, form realm, and formless realm. And they're actually jealous of us because they are pure fucking desire. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't even fuck anything, they can't yeah. taste anything, mm-hmm. they can't touch anything. They're just desire. And, and yet we are able, they use us as puppets because we are able to experience this. And they're very jealous of us. And that's sort of that story of the angels mm-hmm. and, like, where... Satan comes from, you know, the other story about Satan is that he's so fucking jealous of man, you know, that he's going to fuck with him constantly and just make sure he never really gets together, you know, and and tortures him kind of because he wants what he has. Um, But that Christ comes along to reveal the transcendent God, you know, to reveal that, no, this is this, this old book that you guys have been going by is actually written by a hater. Mm -hmm. And This this is the new covenant. Right, the new, the new Testament, yeah, the new right. Covenant. Uh-huh. And that, and he doesn't teach the same way 
You know, he doesn't really hand out laws and stuff like that. He, he sets an example and he lives, you know, he reveals these things by doing, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. And like these, we, we, the, the miracles have gotten seriously bastardized into magic mm -hmm. tricks. Mm -hmm. But I imagine they were probably more like koans. Like, yeah. you'd say, look, all of you people that have some fish and some bread, you get together, everybody's got enough mm -hmm. to eat. So you, you should stop being so selfish mm -hmm. and, you know, share. And so... We've thrown the baby out with the bathwater with Christianity. Mm -hmm. I think it's another great tradition of, of the same things that I like about Buddhism and the idea of revealing that what you think you know ain't it, that there, you know, there are all of these counterintuitive things will actually point at your true intuition. You know, that heart, that thing you know that you don't know you know. Mm -hmm. You know. It's like, the, it's like the Grateful Dead, man. The band's <laughs> awesome, but the fans are terrible. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And like, I, I mean, and, and this is a, maybe, a, you know, Duncan... Trussell, like he's he's he'll talk nicely about Christianity and say there are good parts of it, but that Graham Hancock guy's there's absolutely he's, nothing he's done. Yeah. Christianity. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, interesting. <laughs> but it's and maybe he's talking about the organized religion, Christianity, which I think has gotten to co-opt the brand, mm -hmm. you know. But that's really not what you know Yeshua Christos or whatever. That's not what he was talking about. And, that, and I think a lot of it also comes, you know, because think about. Say, you know, my great, my, even my grandparents to an extent, but let's say my great grandparents, you know, they grew up in the country, they grew up without a lot. They were, you know, the church was the, the center point other than their family, that mm -hmm. was the church. And I really feel like they lived a closer Christ like mm -hmm. life. You know, they worked hard, mm -hmm. they gave back to the, you know, they, they share, you know, it was a, from what I, you know, have been told, or it's what I can like, figure, that's what I call down home Christianity. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it is yeah. it is closer to it's it's yeah. it, the problem is you know m money and power when you know yeah. whereas that's the problem yeah. with everything. Else. Well, yeah, and like you know, Mark says it's the opiate of the masses, right? Mm -hmm. So, and like the caste system too. It's like, oh yeah, you you accept the scraps from this world because your promises. Yeah. You're, it's right. coming later. And what is no, now yeah. the opiate of the masses? Uh, scientific materialism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I keep that's seeing funny that. how that works. Yeah, go on. I mean, because I keep seeing that. Can, um, there's something on on uh, Netflix with Richard Dawkins and somebody else. Or well, this whole idea of oh, I don't believe in religion. I believe in science. Right. Like, what the fuck do you? What do you even mean by that? Right. Like, you know. Uh, and it was it you that was talking science about science is real. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, well it, it, it is. I mean, it is real, but it's based on it's based on the knowledge that they can prove today. So a yeah. hundred years ago, they thought these certain things because they could prove them and that was the truth of the day. Well, now, a hundred years later, we can prove that these other things exist. So now that's the new truth. So, but, so, but they're completely shut off to, well, what do you think a hundred years from now we're going to prove, you know? And so, right. yeah. you know, it's those elements of it. And also the idea that it is para or uh, oxymoronic to say, I believe in science mm -hmm. because yeah. science's whole thing is not, don't believe me. Yeah. I don't believe me. Right. I'm trying, I have a theory, right. an idea, yeah. and I'm actually going to try and disprove my own idea. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I, don't even, I don't believe my idea. There's no faith. There's no, we take nothing on faith. We take nothing for granted. We control as many of the variables as possible to try to There, There the is a semblance of a faith commitment, I think, in biology, chemistry, all these sciences. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, that the world that we experience is, in fact, intelligible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That it could fit in the box. It's intelligible. Uh -huh. Like, that we can actually know reality. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's possible. Yeah. Well, see, I, the, the, maybe the one thing I find most admirable about science is when I think about science, 
I think about it as being based on imagination, mm-hmm. essentially. I mean, so Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. So, so it's like all these, you know, yeah. theorems. Yeah. Are completely built in the mm-hmm. air. Yeah. You know, by somebody on lack of sleep yeah. and mm-hmm. three cups mm-hmm. of coffee yeah. and pressure it, from this yeah. and that and the other, and they. Mm-hmm. Where'd that thing come? Mm-hmm. It's it's you know? it's mm-hmm. usefulness. I think is kind of what's captured the yeah. modern sort of uh, ethos or uh, modern sort of uh, imagination. The way. fucked up thing about Einstein, though, is that he sets a speed limit, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, it, like it kind of instead of it producing um, inspiration, it shut down. I think it, it like uh, uh, at least for me. The idea of that we can't go faster than the speed of light, therefore all of these places are unreachable because he said so. You know, right. he's, he did the, the. You know, he started off with imagination. He's riding his bike and he's like, "How come that train that's moving, and the sound and the light and that is coming to me at the same speed as this thing that's standing still?" And like, he started getting into the speed of light and he broke it down. He was like, "Oh, that actually is the end, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, of where we can mm-hmm. go," and it's discouraging. You know, it's it's uh, there's something it, it stuck out that I read just in that in that Wilbur book um, that talks about you know we spend all of our time mapping you know everything's mapping mm-hmm. mapping but we you know but I guess scientists would fall into this too but they ignore the map maker you know like that's mm-hmm. that's there's a reason you know there's there's I don't know there's got to be more to the than you know like what what is what is this like idea you had where did it come from mm-hmm. or you know is it just just everything lined up the neurons then mm-hmm. oh you know so, some people get it some people don't is that the you know is that the thing are you chosen or is that it because of your school knowledge well, I think or? we can all get it and that's like what buddhism says is that by the very virtue of the fact that we exist and we are made of this ancient indelible material we have recorded in our very cells and the particles that make us the whole story Mm -hmm. it's all there because we've been there since the beginning you know Carl Sagan say you know we've been this way before Mm -hmm. you know like literally not not the the embodied consciousness that you tend to think of as yours 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 and Mm -hmm. yours but like everything that makes that even Mm -hmm. the electrical impulses flying around Mm -hmm. my brain are ancient, ancient since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. They have always been here, mm-hmm. you know. And not even so, on a conscious level, but on a physical level. I mean, you know, the, the yeah. cells, uh, everything. It's, it's you know, we're. I mean, I don't. I mean, nothing's created, right? Everything's just recycled. Or <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Although there are people, and I think Dawkins is one of those people that goes toe to toe with um, uh, Richard Hawkins. What is that his name? Dawkins. Dawkins. No, Richard Dawkins, and then who's the... Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. The Stephen Hawking. Hawking. So Stephen Hawking is... You know, I mean, he's... Maybe... I don't know. One of the two of them is saying that, yes, matter actually is destroyed in a black hole. You know? And then another says, no, it's just stretched really thin. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, or is it just broken then, down into such a finite particle we can't measure it right. at this point? And then more recently, they've been saying, no, no, there are no such thing as black holes. Mm-hmm. There are no they're not, the latest they're not possible. Yeah. <laughs> but that's more about is that, the math. Is that recent? Yeah, recently come out? There's weeks, no such thing weeks. as black holes. Yeah. But it's well, more I mean, about the math and, and really asking the question that the math raises, right? It's far beyond my understanding. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I, I try with a lot of that stuff, and I'm fascinated by it. And mm-hmm. I think when you when you talk about Einstein maybe shedding the door on things for mm-hmm. you, I don't think of it that way at all. No. I think, like, it's going to... 
it'll break through at some yeah. point, you know? Yeah, yeah. The letterpress wasn't the end of the world. <laughs> right, you know? right. People thought it might be, but so that, something they, happened. Something yeah. will happen. You know, they, I read about this stuff, and I really don't understand it, but I read about them, like, you know, making single particles invisible for short stretches mm-hmm. of time and, like, moving things yeah. somehow. It's like, this thing was in two places at, at one time. time. Yeah, we yeah. Figured, and I, I really, like, I don't think I have the comprehension to, to understand the... the technical uh, background mm-hmm. to stuff like that but it it still remains fascinating it mm-hmm. brings a smile to it turns face. you on right totally mm-hmm. and, and, yeah it doesn't some part of it at least this is my experience of it and I look I tend to really think that we're you know like you're talking about you, you mentioned in, in the podcast with with you that maybe consciousness is a, a uh, transmission and that we're all picking it's it a up signal you yeah. know and maybe we're all picking up the same consciousness and like really, you know, we're not as, we're, we're actually all on this same wavelength, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so therefore, when, even if I don't, if I can't get my head around these down to the most minute detail they're talking about, it's something about it, I'm like, yeah. That rings a bell with me. Yes. Yeah, somehow it almost and makes that, sense. And that signal, that consciousness, I mean, I would term it like, you know, Brahman or like, or mm-hmm. God or, you know, that which is, uh, contains unconditioned mm-hmm. truth, unconditioned beauty, unconditioned justice, all those things. Those things that we kind of, uh, you know, barely glimpse, but mm-hmm. we all we all know intimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and part of the, the I think, the, the satanic um, element, and I don't know what, you know, if it's, I don't want to give him a bad name because maybe he, there's some, but the idea that to convince yourself of the illusion of separation is also part of the, of the hell on earth of the evil, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, that we spend so much time reinforcing our own identities and our own egos rather than connecting with other people mm-hmm. and seeing the commonalities. And actually it's so counterintuitive in Western culture, especially in America that mm-hmm. it's really about me and you guys are all like second, you know, uh, supporting actors in the story about me, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that does seem to be the pinnacle of what is most destructive in what I could, you know, get, you know, uh, practically call evil. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that all that feeling too has been exacerbated with the rise of like cities and like you know, uh, as people disperse. Mm-hmm. I think when you're people allowed to in yeah. cl- closer quarters, you're, you're, you're allowed to exist unto you yourself. Now. You know now yeah. um, that and that's that is a good point. Um, uh, so uh, one thing I, back from from what uh, Brian was talking, it, it made me think of something. Um, so uh okay so the consciousness it's it seems like you know more and more people are becoming in in my appearance through the internet i guess i you know you realize that you're you're connecting with more and more like-minded people mm-hmm. you're finding more people that are open to these things or presenting ideas that you think that you can you know definitely that resonates with you um communities are building uh you know through through you know um communication so I, I, um, I think it was actually in that movie Waking Life. I watched that recently. I'd never seen it. It's a good one. Yeah, it's really. I really had no idea how good it was. I was really turned off by the animation, and then I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, I get it." Mm-hmm. But um, this is a point. I, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of people, and I haven't got a good. I, I'm, I'm hoping you guys will have a good idea behind this. So um, <clears throat> there, there was one guy in there discussing. And I don't remember his name. He's talking about how you know basically uh, there's there's the analog and the digital. The analog being like the human experience and the way we just everything the communication with people the connection and then there's the digital which is you know 
the way I interpret it was the internet and the communities forming. You know what we were talking about earlier. You know, you're picking and choosing the things you want to spend your money on. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're connecting with these groups. Everything is, um, you know, becoming uh, more solidified here. And so, what's happening is, you know, um, it's it's like it's, it's so we're moving, you know, in like a like a, a, a conical or like a telescoping. I think is the way you referred to it in a telescoping fashion with technology. Um, you know, slowly becoming more, I mean, as we have, you know, uh, these devices that are these smart devices, everything, you know, um, and so at some point, you know, it's, it's like, when, when is it going to apex? When, when are we going to reach that peak where, when, when, yeah, when, 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 when digital analog are going to come together and then Mm -hmm. this is like, what's, I mean, it may take hundreds of years still, or it may take, you know, a few years, I don't know. So what's going to happen then, you know, like when they, when they do meet, the the analog and the digital the conscious and the un, the ah, I'm having a hard time thinking of a way to describe it but like what so you know we're we're, we're working towards the apex definitely you know you see the change happening you see everybody you know you see more and more people um, thinking you know you, even even in the commercials you see you know mm-hmm. it's like oh you know eat right do yoga do this mm-hmm. and that you know it's becoming almost commercialized but you know with the intention I think basically in the right place and I wonder what the next you know, where, where are we headed? That's my question. Like, what's yeah. the, what's the, I mean, you Huge know, question. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But like, I wonder, you know, what, what are, what are, well, I, I, to, go ahead. I try to keep in mind, um, and you know, this sounds counterintuitive to me too, especially when I think about like, you know, um, just focus on this moment right here. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't worry about anything else. Mm-hmm. Right? Just think about what's going on right here. Well, I think we're, we're, we're all real susceptible for wanting the time that we're in right now to be just about it and to mm-hmm. be really excited mm-hmm. by this time. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen when these things convert? You know, and this is, and I, I would think from a perspective of somebody who lived maybe 500 years ago, we already merged. Oh, sure. You yeah. know, we merged a right. long time ago. Right. You're already connected to this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether you, you know, whether it's implanted in my mm-hmm. head or not, mm-hmm. I'm connected to this phone from mm-hmm. their perspective. Mm-hmm. And they, they can't imagine mm-hmm. right. you know, what that is. And, you know, maybe we can't imagine what comes 500 years from now. Maybe we can. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I guess I tend to think, like, well, these things, this is just, like, the continuation of the flow that's always been there. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not not radically different now. Mm -hmm. It's just that we're here right now. Mm I mean, we'll, I don't know if that's the truth or not. It and, and, be, and this we'll, could be the most exciting fucking time to be alive for uh, five hundred years. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> no, but I'm right. sure it didn't. You know. It does to me though. Like that's the crazy thing is like I mean yeah great, yeah that's right. This is my uh, cloud that I, I have a tendency to do like romanticize the pre-smartphone. You know, yeah, sure. Yeah. A, sure. Yeah. Well, that's and that's a, you know that's definitely a it, we we are a compromise. I mean that's the thing is you you're gonna have to compromise. You know, and, and even like you talking about cities, you know, like you you have the access to these things, but what you're compromised is you can't go do whatever. Well, you're you fucked want, if, you know? if you have to fend for yourself and you're completely dependent upon the infrastructure of a city, mm-hmm. and you're you are isolated actually in the way not just that that separation from other people, but separation from that which sustains you. You have created all of these intermediaries. You don't know how to feed yourself. Mm-hmm. You know. And, um, I mean, that's one of the things I think is really wonderful about Richmond is that we didn't get that. We, we failed at mm-hmm. becoming that, you know, so there's still a lot of access 
here to that which would sustain mm-hmm. somebody you know mm-hmm. it's also fucked up like there's there is definitely some bad mojo on this town you know and but i think it's being gradually sort of exercised but i want to go back my feeling about the digital stuff first of all is that it's not artificial you know i it's no more artificial than a bird building a nest to me we've pulled digital shit silicone is natural mm-hmm. you know what we're making computers out of is natural world stuff we're combining it in a different way the same way that we stuck a stick on the end of a rock and it became an axe mm-hmm. you know these are extensions of our nature they're tools they uh, and they improve something they that we want to improve upon you know we wanted a better way to skin an animal than tearing it with our fingers so we got a sharp rock you know we wanted there's a desire and a need and a, and a um, yeah and um, intuition and all of this to connecting like this. And for me, it has been a miraculous thing because I've existed completely isolated, surrounded by people most of my life. And being able to um, listen to podcast has brought me out into the world in a way that, you know, I hadn't come out before. You know, I, I would be around people and I'd have my guard up. But that, this allows the space for vulnerability. Yeah. And and what I also think when I think about that is again, that was here before. It was just in a different form. Right. Right? So so when I grew up and I was writing to bands from Finland Mm -hmm. saying, I read your demo review and Mm -hmm. mutilator number nine, here's Mm -hmm. four bucks, send me your tape (laughs) and they'd send me their tape and also this other band that they just heard you know, there was the forming of this community in this Mm -hmm. kind of way that I I didn't know was available to Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm It's right, you could read a book, you know. Right? Well, in, you know, in 1875, there was somebody who formed the, you know, Gentleman's Rugby Club mm-hmm. of East Hampshire or something, mm-hmm. and they uh-huh. developed this community to meet these yeah. people. You know, so yeah. these things happen all the time. And maybe the tools we use are, are, certainly they've evolved. I think the thing that's interesting is we've seen them evolve before our eyes in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we, we kind of all came to adolescence without these kind of tools. Mm-hmm. Now we have these tools, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think we can resist the urge to go, man, what if I had these tools when I was 15? Right. Or, uh, you know, what's it going like, to be like for my kid to have these tools mm-hmm. when he's 15? I thought of the idea of being a geriatric person, listening to the, the music of my day, you know, like Metallica. Yeah. Like I'm an old man in a wheelchair listening to Metallica. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like that should happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the world will have to end before you're an old man. <laughs> I, I, I read something, I don't know if it's true, I, I, I walk around like it's true because I read it once mm-hmm. someplace, but, you know, somebody said, you know, because of the way the brain actually forms, that music you listen to in your adolescent years mm-hmm. really does leave a permanent impre- imprint oh, on sure. your brain, Sure. Yeah. so they, they'll play like, you know, uh, you know, a sonata for somebody at 88 years right. old that they haven't heard Do you for really 60 so, years, I mean, and they go... They get this instant right. shock yeah. of recognition, and they love it. Do you it. think we're going to be sitting around in a fucking old folks home with, um, you know, yeah. Master of Puppets? Yes, playing? because you it know? already happens. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why. Yeah, I think that's why classic rock happened. Why did classic rock radio happen? Because forty year old guys would right. You know, like that's stuff I heard about 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, and, and and that brings me to the thing that I was thinking about. With, I mean, this stuff is cyclical, and yeah. I, I think you know. We, whenever we talk about how yoga is this and holistic is that and all of this stuff is going on right now, well, I mean, 
in the late 60s and the early 70s, that stuff was really huge too, you know. I grew up with, you know, aunts and uncles and parents. My, I had, a, you know, granola, you know, an aunt that baked everything herself and made her homemade bagels and she had all these, you know. And that's not to say that it's any less valuable. It's just that these periods of evolution are cycles. There's something about this period of it that is a reaction to a period of darkness. Mm -hmm. And I think we have come out of, we're emerging from buying all of this shit that is being sold to the suckers mm -hmm. all the time, politically, commercially, yeah. mm -hmm. everything, all the ways that we have been, you know, totally like Americans believed that we were hearing the truth and the, and the Russians were like, you know, that's so hilarious. I mean, right. we sure. know we're getting propaganda. You don't. Right. Like, right. you really buy this shit totally. in the 80s. Like, totally bought it Ronald Reagan and all that crap. Hook, line, sinker. We were the most in the dark of any advanced civilization mm -hmm. at that time. And I think what is characteristic of what's going on here is we're really emerging and we are looking for our, our for truth. We're looking for authenticity. We're not... Some of us are doing it just for fashion, you know. But, I mean, I'm, I'm continuously looking everywhere for that thing. And I'm not only looking for it mm -hmm. at the Roosevelt where they make a drink by chipping ice off a block or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for it in my job, like in this place that is not sexy and not cool at all. There's still real human beings there, mm -hmm. you know? And if am I going to buy into the illusion that we're all lesser beings because we are working in this warehouse uh, for a wholesale distribution, you know? that we don't matter and we don't count or our, our, our experience is just as heroic, you know, as what's being glamorized in our culture. And I don't know who was talking about the celebrity thing and how terrible that's really been. And Russell Brand was talking about that. Probably Russell Brand, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying about the, you know, so you had, the, you know, in the seventies and eighties, you had like the one, the one far out ant that made the stuff, you know. Right. But, but it's, but it, I, I, what is happening? I think is it's like concentric circle. It's like every swath is bigger. So you know, she spawned. Yeah, she spawned right. out. Um, you know, maybe she knew people, and they, and then they knew people. So now it's like, how many people now do you it know? It got that put does down, that? and it got buried in the eighties. This mm -hmm. whole movement, the, the, everything that happened in the sixties, it didn't get destroyed, but it got discredited, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people sold out, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the biggest thing capitalism has been able to do over and over again is you make enough noise, they'll just pay you off, they'll shut you up. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Chuck D, you know, and all of the very rebellious hip hop and rap artists of the of the 90s got paid and got quiet, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> do you not... I don't what know. Is, I don't know what Chuck's bank account looks like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but like, don't let me I mean, say shit like that. No, because well, I think articulate an argument. Against I get. It. <laughs> it just seems like it seems. Uh, I guess the easiest way to say is something you said before. It's separating yourself. Mm -hmm. Like somehow it's like Chuck D over there. He sold out, and I'm not going to do it. I don't. Well, know no, Chuck I'm not D saying did. that. Yeah. What I'm saying is that. Like I think, well, I do. Th I think the revolution that was trying to happen in the '60s was ultimately seen as a failure. Yeah. Because they were trying to, they were trying to do go at it externally, right? Rather than actually work on themselves, right? Right. right. In a deep way. And then right. they all became so it was, conservatives. It was, it was so they also kind of like, right? And these are people who came up in the McCarthy era mm -hmm. and then they yeah. and, and really they ultimately that was how they were formed yeah. and they wanted to go back mm -hmm. to yeah. that so they, they were, were created they were yeah violently not violently but like harshly rebelling against that whereas right. like you said it, if it was you know it maybe it's taken 40 years to you know think like okay well they were on to something mm -hmm. 
it just, you know, maybe the approach was a little right. too severe, right. which needed to happen at that time, I think. You know, I mean, they needed, the country needed to be turned oh, over. Sure. But, yeah. you know, and they, they set the groundwork, you know, uh-huh. with, with everything from the, the drugs to the, you know, everything. It's kind of, the waves were just now kind of like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. this is what was going on. Now it's time for us to really, really feel but it. it's, down. you know, I mean, you're, you're, first of all, if any of those people walked in this room right now, they'd feel right at home. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like, there's nothing about this environment that is different, like, except this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this computer, you know, but, you know, turn that into a reel-to-reel tape machine, mm-hmm. you know, because that's really all it is. You know, it's, it's bigger, it's more, like, uh, efficient than that was, but... The conversation we're having would be right at home. Sure. And like, so that's obviously didn't go away. It got, went out of fashion. You know, it stopped being the thing that everybody was into, but it didn't go away. It continued. And this, so this is, you know, towards. And it didn't just begin there either. Right. That's right. Right. That's what I mean about like, man, it's it's always a strand. We're we're a part of a long tradition, right? right? But we're part of it. That's not to minimize minimalize what is happening that right now for you or you is a revelation. Have you read a, you know what the long tail theory is? Uh-huh. A, I think the founder of Wired came up with that. And he says the, the benefit of the internet is essentially the long tail theory, mm-hmm. meaning you can leave something online it'll develop a life of its own. Yeah. You don't have to rush it to market. Long tail is in story. Long tail is in, yeah, is a story or is a long life. You mm-hmm. know, just, just, it can exist mm-hmm. in, in this digital form. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be, you know, fresh stock doesn't right. have to be turned over. So Nobody's something you be... did 12 years ago may become relevant next week. Mm-hmm. And as long as it has a home online. Right. And which some, is, somebody which is will a, find no resources, yeah. no resources are being burned whereas the books went out of print mm-hmm. you know people yeah. stopped printing and they went away and this digital medium is just zeros and ones and it doesn't cost anybody anything except the electricity you know this is a cheap piece of shit laptop here I got for $80 but it does really amazing stuff yeah. basically right. and it can keep doing it I can yeah. erase it and put something else on it you know um, so yeah I mean I don't I don't the most important thing to me is that we not think either we're very important or we're not important at all. It's the humility thing. Like we, like I really turned on by the idea of just being part of that and the tale, the yarn, yeah. the story, the you know. Well, because you are a part of it. Yeah, I cannot not be a part of it. There's the right. only thing that right. makes me not a part of it is my perception. Yeah. You know, the truth, the absolute, undeniable, indelible truth is that I have been everything that I am has been around for eons, mm-hmm. literally, like billions and billions. Mm-hmm. And so, may, <laughs> maybe beyond time itself. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, yeah, and that's a, that's an interesting time. All right. Yeah. That we just made that up, mm-hmm. right? That, like, we made it up, yeah. To measure things, mm-hmm. right? And yet we talk about it like it exists outside of our use of it. Yeah. The first like, use of a clock was in a in a Christian monastery. Was it? Yeah. For what purpose? So they would know when they were going into the refectory for you know prayer or you know their. Uh, their meals yeah. and to, kind of, to organize their daily activities self mortification <laughs> yeah rounds when you put the hair shirt on <laughs> now I'd like you uh, uh, to explain what Brahma is I, I have an you know basic Brahma or yeah. Brahman Brahma or Brahman both yeah. what <laughs> okay. are they you know and what's Bra- the difference Brahma is a lesser known Vedic deity it represents creation 
Mm-hmm. Brahma or Brahman is the um, kind of the highest absolute. Uh, it's it's uh, impersonal, kind of uh, unknowable in the sense of what we mean to know. But mm-hmm. uh, is the ultimate goal of yoga is linking Atman with Brahman, the, the soul and with the Atman absolute is soul. Yeah, well, so Atman's soul. Yeah, Brahman is your Atman, Atman is, the is a puddle, and What's, Brahman is the uh, ocean. It's the ocean without ripples. What don't they say we're the ripples? Don't they say Brahman is Atman? Atman is Brahman. Brahman alone is real. Brahman alone is real. Atman is an illusion of separateness and reality. Yeah. And and the practice of yoga, which isn't just the asanas and all of that, it's the oh, entire it, program. The whole yeah. Right. Patanjali outlined it all in his yoga. Tantra. What's that? Tantra. Ta- well, tantra surely is a, is a is a method mm-hmm. as well, but. Patanjali's Yoga Sutra is kind of a classical treatise on yoga. And um, yeah, yoga is kind of piercing the veil of Maya. Right? Mm-hmm. The Maya, Maya is that. The illusion. The illusion, right. yeah. yeah. Isn't, the, isn't the root of, of yoga like yoke? Like yoke. you think of like yeah. yoke. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, pulling something yeah. on a pulley. To unite. Kind of, yeah, yeah, bringing it. Union. Using yeah, a lot right, of, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, with, with great intent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Interestingly, uh, the word Maya, illusion, um, the devil in Buddhism, Mara, is it came from that word. It's right. Linked. Yeah. Right. So yeah, and and like you can't. I mean, Hinduism is to Buddhism what Judaism is to Christianity, basically. Essentially, yeah. And and yet there was an earlier thing than than the classical Hinduism that I heard of in history class at VCU. The Harappa civilization. Oh yeah, uh, Mohenjo-daro and Harappa. Yeah. And it were, and what I remember was that there were two civilizations. There were the Aryans that lived in the mountains in the Caucasus Mountains, mm-hmm. and they had the wheel. Yeah. And they had the Vedas also. They came right? from Iran. They came from Iran. Yeah. Okay. And the Vedas were their oral tradition, but songs, right? It was their spirituality. It was their history uh-huh. because they were a mobile people. It was their yeah. library, uh, too, yeah. Essentially, right? yeah, yeah. And they, the chant, all the chants to the to the divinities. Yeah, that was, and it was an outdoors kind of a thing. Oh yeah. And then they mm-hmm. conquered the Haryapa civilization. They came down there with the wheel and the chariot, and they whooped everybody's ass and took over. And they already had the practices. They have pictures there of people sitting in. The lotus position. Oh yeah, you know, and they they already had the sort of practices that had to do with this unification and this union, and they got the chocolate and the peanut butter, mm-hmm. and the, <laughs> the two things. And the, the the Aryans who did not migrate into the Indian subcontinent uh, ended up practicing Zoroastrianism. Oh really? With Ahura Mazda yeah. and that that crew? Arguably the first. <laughs> yeah, that, that crew. The first the first uh, form of monotheism. That we can trace, mm-hmm. and they call the soul the Iowa. Is that right? Um, I don't know. I don't know Zoroastrian tradition at all. A little exposure because somebody said it almost became the world religion. I know so they have I, the concept of soul though. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Iowa. But that, that and then so the, the Vedas went indoors when uh, and it became a um, a practice. It became written down. It became you know, and it, it was this organic. Thing. It was this outdoors thing. Oh, and they had soma, 
right? So their priestly class, they're reciting the Vedas. Was it the Aryans that had Soma, or was it the Haryapans that had Soma? The, um, I don't, we're not exactly sure, and we don't know what Soma exactly it was. But we like to think it was some kind we of... We like to think it's some DMT, yeah. something, yeah. Um, all we know is that in the early Rig Veda, there are chants to Soma. Mm-hmm. And uh, Soma brings about, you know, uh, purification. Uh, and it was thought to uh, be a conduit between mm-hmm. humans and the divine realms. Mm-hmm. That by imbibing the Soma... Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, in West African tradition, using Iboga or something right. like that. So. Yeah, and uh, now Soma is also, is, is that any connection to the somatic, or like, think of the body and the nervous system, or is it just a, a, a homonym, you know? It's a good question. And the sound of like... I don't know. But, you know, the, the, the idea that that connects to the forbidden fruit, you yeah. know, the, the eating of this, yeah. this plant yeah. or something that... That connects you mm-hmm. with something that, and I think you heard Jeremy. What's, I forget the guy's Jeremy name. Jeremy Nerby. Yeah, Cosmic Serpent. Yeah, yeah. DNA of Cosmic yeah. Serpent. That's a good book. Yeah, and he's saying DNA is minded, you know, and yeah. it, it is taught like so. He's an uh, anthropologist or yeah, a, anthropologist. Yeah. yeah, and so he decided that when he went to the Amazon, he wasn't going to be a Western anthropologist who was interpreting their stories. He I think he wondering. like ended up like getting converted, basically. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he was like, I'm just going to believe this as true, yeah. that when they say, how did you know to use that plant to heal that man? He says, well, the plant told me. Mm-hmm. And instead of uh, making that a metaphor or making that something, a, a colorful interpretation, you say, perhaps the plant actually did communicate with mm-hmm. that man and told him to use it and so that his whole his communicated within some sort of vision yeah right well not like talked well the the dna and the plant communicates with the dna and the person right right right. you know that were that that you know these these i mean these are chains of information that behave like they have a will Mm -hmm. you know and if they want to continue wouldn't they reach out to the thing that they know like i mean this is more of this I mean, you know, again, like, I, I'm not saying I believe this, but this is an interesting thing to explore, that if this is all from the common stock, it's someplace back down the line, you know, plants and animals knew each other a little better, mm-hmm. you know, well, I mean, gnostically. But, and also, I mean... <laughs> they had knowledge of You know, you can say that with why, why, why did, you know, why did certain animals have the eyes that allow them to see in the dark? It's the, the same way, kind of thing. You have to turn your phone over. Well, it's not allowed. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I've got a... <clears throat> I've got some people stranded at a at a moon gathering, <laughs> uh, so I'm yeah, having I'm on a, a limited time. Yeah, oh, so I'm waiting. Okay. I'm trying to get my my uh, I'm trying to get my bearings on how much before the proverbial shit hits the fan. You before, know, yeah, before your coach turns into a pumpkin. before the yeah before the uh, baby turns into a screaming mess. <laughs> but um, so far so good. But um, but no, yeah, like like what you know, like you were saying, why why wouldn't like what. What makes what makes evolution happen? What makes anything? What you know? It's it's that sh- that strive, that want to what the self realization. Like you know, mm-hmm. when it when it starts to know itself, it, it wants to increase. You know, it's like a uh, oh, what's the like in that Wilbur book? It's talking about how you know the holons they they mm-hmm. they whole parts the right. whole parts they they're a sum and then they they change, but they're still that plus right. you know. And so sure. it's like with the DNA, you know, include and transcend. That's it. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. Um, so you know the DNA you. If, if it's able to contact, I mean, who's to say, you know, 
our DNA didn't contact each other and the reason we're sitting in this room together, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, and when I think about this stuff, I don't know if it's just because I've fed my head so full of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't even flinch at believing mm-hmm. the possibility of mm-hmm. that at least, mm-hmm. you know, like what's, what's so amazingly different about just eating an orange or an apple Mm-hmm. Versus having a transcendental experience mm-hmm. with ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. It's still just coming into contact with something mm-hmm. else, having mm-hmm. an experience with it. Yeah, we just, with the, the, the oranges oh. become familiar it's and. It's totally familiar. Yeah, that, to the point of. You know, I think ayahuasca, though, is useful for Westerners to show them that there is there are other worlds. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because that idea to us would just be mere superstition. Yeah. And I guess that's it's what I'm not saying. useful to us. <laughs> you know, we're yeah. such linear. Like, I think we need it. Work or yeah. yeah. But yet, you, you know, I don't like to shit on Westerners either, you know, and I do jokingly do it a lot, you know, because I love that Gandhi joke where mm-hmm. they say, you know, what do you think of Western civilization? And he said, <laughs> I, try not I think to. it would be a good idea. <laughs> oh, <that's> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we're, we, we cannot, we shouldn't, I mean, part of the, you know, I'm, a part of my practice is not to employ shame, you know, on myself or others, yeah. you know, uh, because it's bullshit. I mean, again, it's also not hum- humble. It's, mm-hmm. It is pointing away from humility mm-hmm. to say that I am either I am so situated that I can judge what is good, what is bad, what is important, what is not important. Western civilization is it's a delicious, chaotic fucking mess. And it's brought I mean, especially it. America is not Western civilization. You know, it's, it was dominated, like the main seed money, you know, like the main investment was Western civilization, but it, you know, like Rome, it's fucking everything is here, you know, and it's always been here. The native people that were here, the, the Chinese, the Japanese, the uh, African, um, you know, the Spanish, the English, the uh, Swedish, fucking everybody came over here. Everybody. And this civilization that we have here, it's, it's, mixed, it's a mix of all of that stuff. And it's such a mix that we take it for granted. But certain, you know, capitalism tries to exert the fascist control mm-hmm. to say, no, no, you're all this product. You guys with the money, you're this product. We want to sell to you. Please step into this mm-hmm. role and believe it and then allow us to now manufacture yeah. our customers. You know? And we've really, we've really bought into it. We've even bought into the rebel part of it, mm-hmm. which is just as much a part of it mm-hmm. as, as, as buying into it. Uh, I mean, as, you know, it, it, we all look very similar yeah. all over the fucking country. The four guys that are sitting at this table, you know, right. there's four of us in Seattle. Instead of just uh, kind of focusing in on Western culture, I could say any culture that has a post-industrial mindset yeah. that isn't grounded mm-hmm. in the spiritual wisdom of the elders. Right. Right. Elder traditions, so right, they do recognize these other worlds as ontologically existing, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's a certain amount of. What uh, do you mean by other worlds when you say that? You know, the ayahuasca t- it helps the Westerners see that there. Yeah, other other dimensions, mm-hmm. uh, either within us mm-hmm. or outside of us. Um, and do you mean like the kinds of dimensions that scientists? speak of that uh you know the many worlds interpretations and yeah but the, the 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 mindset in our contemporary kind of uh, culture is that you know that's all kind of like 
airy fairy sort of. Yeah, uh, that's something science deals with. I could never have any sort of personal experience with that. Mm -hmm. So I think those sorts of sacred substances could offer individuals a way to tap in, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it would offer existential relief. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, they, they yeah. do, and, and that goes back to that thing to me. It's like, yeah. I don't know if it's just I've filled my head with so much after a while, but yeah. I go, yeah, of course, like, mm -hmm. clearly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the crazy, you know, like, here's the crazy thing A for lot me. of people don't know that we live in a realm. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a lot of yeah. people don't know the benefit of knowing. Knowing. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, there's a way to articulate that in... in terms that sound um, ungraspable realm. It sounds like Gandalf is talking or something <laughs> like that. Then there's the notion that like we, our organism operates, it sees this wavelength of light, you know, it can touch at this level of, yeah. you know, um, penetration or whatever. Um, it, our sensory organs sense only in this bandwidth, yeah. you know, right. and there's a lot of other shit going on, right. you know, it's like the instrument that we're using, we can only see right. this, we can only touch this, we can right. only taste this, yeah. you know, and um, ayahuasca and science, like, make it possible for us to perceive mm -hmm. far beyond yeah. Yeah. that. And the usefulness you know. is, uh, in the same way that the near-death experiences is useful, mm -hmm. it brings people an appreciation to life, the planet, and to others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's the cash value. Mm -hmm. yeah. The yeah. ironic thing for me is when I took all of those substances out of me and I started opening myself to a, a Gnostic experience of yeah. faith and spirituality and not any particular one, mm -hmm. just the humility thing. Like I started practicing the humility thing. I'm going to be here right now. You know, I'm going to do what's in front of me. I'm going to behave as my heart tells me is ethical, is, is, is constructive, is loving, is compassionate, is kind, and I'm going to let the world unfold based on that mm -hmm. uh, trust mm -hmm. in good behavior. I'm not going to gain, engage in a transactional life where you do this to me and I'm going to do that to you. Right. I'm just always going to do what, you know, the right thinking, right acting yeah. thing. I'm going to practice that anyway. Mm -hmm. So in practicing that, not just when I'm doing yoga or when I'm sitting on a cushion with a bunch of people, but when I was on a forklift in a cold room mm -hmm. and I was starting to get like, I want to run this motherfucking thing over that woman <laughs> right there and kill her, you know, or, you know, I'm extremely resentful and pissed off and sad that I'm in this place and I'm not. And, and I started to be able to see as the Gnostic Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is spread out before you. You do mm -hmm. not see it. Mm -hmm. Like the revelation came to me when I stopped tampering with my brain yeah. and I started really using it mm -hmm. and like really like, the more, the more physical, actual asana type yoga I do, the better my nerves work. And the better that whole network is, mm -hmm. is receiving shit, the, the better the antenna is, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I fucking went up and, like, I keep telling this story because this was, like, the, my, like, real spiritual awakening was with going with a beautiful woman up into the woods of Wisconsin and camping next to a lake. And, like, I didn't think this into being. It overcame me. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I got high as shit. Like, you know, and I felt like that, that the chipmunk that I was watching jump around in that tree over there, I was more than just watching that fucking thing. I could sense its little intelligence, mm -hmm. what level of intelligence oh, yeah. it had. It was putting off, like, 
you know. I see that in my cat all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I would you watch really a hawk get fucked with by some ravens and I could, you know, or some other kind of blackbirds and I could see the difference, yeah. feel the difference in the personalities of those animals and yeah. feel the difference in the person. And this came from complete engagement on my part. Mm-hmm. This, sure. You know, this came from me completely surrendering to reality, you know, mm-hmm. to really being put where I was, you know, and, and it made all of that great shit that I had you know, sat on my carpet and smoked DMT with people and like seeing Mayan pyramids and magical elves <laughs> became much more real. Yeah. Like that shit, I saw like the applic- the how to apply that. Right. You know, I think so, two, so. two things on that. I mean, you know, I think to realize and, and that most everybody gets caught up in and I think the common mistake is like, there, there is no destination. We're here. Like this mm-hmm. is it. This is the destination. So be be in the destination. Don't like you know with you know with meditation. And I'm guilty of this, of course. You know you meditate to try to achieve something. It's like you, you're there, dude. Like there's no achieving. Right. You meditation know, is a celebration of the fact that we're here. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And then secondly, yeah. I wanted to say, um, you know, talk kind of going back, um, you know, talking about how. The you know how the brain works, and we we try to do these things that um, oh, what was I had it? Man, I had it. I had it. Um, well, just saying, you know, like our, our brains, like we have to be a little bit not so hard on ourselves and on others right. because our brains work in a fashion to protect us. So when you know you're talking about seeing things in this realm or this dimension, well, you know, my eye looks at the wall and it's like, it it, it doesn't sit and think about the particles of paint and the particles that make up everything. It thinks of like, okay, that wall's like off-white or whatever color it is. I don't know, I'm kind of colorblind, but you know what I'm saying? It's Mm -hmm. like, it just compartmentalizes things and you instantly do that. So, you know, the idea is to, and and the same thing with with everything, Your, your brain tends to just generalize snap judgment because it's still coming from that like survival brain, you know? Right. And so, you know, it's, it's like the serial process. Yeah, and so know? it's like, well, you know, we do all have to work work on not being, but it's it's hard not to just you just have to like not rely on that and realize that it's not um, that like our reality is not real because it's just it's just the way we've processed it instantly compartmentalize it. Yeah, you know this that wall is green, this wall is off white, this that table's brown. Okay, I'm not even going to think about it anymore. But yeah, I, I think that generalization becomes more acute as time passes. Yeah, sure. I think, you, I think right. when you're it's like a, a child, it's, like, it's not it's not like that. Absolutely, right? it's yeah. it's like anything. It's like um, yeah. it's like a comfy chair. You know, it gets more comfortable the longer you're in it. Sort yeah. Of. yeah, and you have less need uh, of uh, a penetrating intellect as you you know uh, retire from relevance <laughs> and not just cultural relevance, but you have nothing. You know, and, and that's the problem with Western civilization or or the way that it is. Um, one of the things that we uh, fail to celebrate is wisdom, you know. Yeah, and the imagination. Right. We celebrate reason way too much. But I'm writing my dissertation right now on Blake, who hated all the uh, you know John Locke and yeah. right. Newton and all those guys. So, so he he elevated the imagination above reason. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm such a typical fucking Pisces because I want to. I honestly believe you can have it both ways. You know, it's not you. you it's not one there's thing usefulness, or the other. There's usefulness right? in reason, but mm-hmm. there, there's a there's a mistake that right. happens. Right. People that uh, that reason kind of goes into domains of experience where it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And what are you basing your reason on? You're basing it on experience and things you've read or whatever, which are interpretations of other. I mean, I don't know, or like reason or like logic, like oh. 
I mean, there is the, hey, this piece of fruit is bad. It tastes bad. Don't eat that. And this piece of fruit tastes good. Do eat that. And so that's, yeah. you know, your reasoning you to right. eat that. Yeah, but, yeah, you right. know, uh, and that's your, your you know, monkey brain or whatever telling you, like, oh, I need to survive. Don't eat this poison mm-hmm. shit or whatever. And is there really free will or is it just your body saying it wants sugar? You know, it just wants glucose or it just wants fat or whatever. And then, and then that's I think not we have free will. I think like, we have free will, but I can't explain why. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think about that. I think about free will all the time. Mm -hmm. I think free will remains the unanswerable. Because it's in that, uh, you know, what would Kant call it? Like a noumenal idea. What's that mean? It's like, I mean, there's noumenal, phenomenal. Phenomenal Uh, is like we can have an experience of it. Uh Free will, the idea of love, the idea of God, the idea of the soul. We have no experience of it, but we still care about it. Mm Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the numeral ideas that that come with the human experience. And, and my feeling is that the reason that the why of it is is there. I believe there is has a in the beginning there was a will, there was some fucking desire and will for the first thing to move from the spot from which it originated and to and to complexify. It's self, and, it's, it realized itself, and then it. And then it, you know, decided to change and grow and add to itself, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I think at the beginning it was all noumenal. And as it complexified, it, it began to experience phenomena and lost its, you know. Maybe the, the noumenal could only experience itself in and through the phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. That's very white-heady. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was Philip K. Dick even, I think, said it that, you know, it, it came into being a consciousness without form. And over Don't millennia... Formed into the sensory organs that we are, so that it could regard itself. Mm-hmm. But at some point, that's got to. We we have to cannot be so committed to the illusion. And I think you and I talked about this. You can't, and that's why I love talking about illusion. Yeah. <laughs> Do you make a distinction illusion. between illusion and delusion? Not really. No, I don't either. No. No, it's the same thing. It's yeah. all it's all poisoned. Yeah, it's all poisoned. I, I tend to say delusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't know why. I'm a delusionist. Well, yeah, delusions just, I mean, used when it, they talk about three poisons, greed, right, hatred, delusion. Right, so, right. you know. Thinking that you know anything, it's a very... Is that the eating of the fruit? Thinking you know something? Yes. That's what I, that is, I began this conversation saying that I think the real fall from grace is the commitment to knowing. Yeah. You know, in that synthetic, in that artificial, yeah. superficial way. Yeah. Isn't, isn't, yeah. isn't there a reading of that Epistemological story? pompousness. <laughs> right, because you're missing out on yeah. that which really... It, it, okay, if there's a will, and the will of God, for instance, Godhead, uh, Brahma, Brahman, and, you know, the, the, if that thing, if that's describing that unformed thing that was the Big Bang, maybe, right? If that's describing that... Um, it's got a will, and that yeah. will is towards yeah. delight, living, yeah. play, life. Yeah. And our will is much more painful and destructive. It, it's committed to our individual personal uh, yeah. delusion of, right. of an ego. Nietzsche said something like, in, in any attempt to know anything, there's a drop of, of, uh, of like misery or something. Yeah. Any t- any mm-hmm. time we we think we know something, there's yeah. something that gets yeah. cut or traumatized. That's what I was saying outside about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when yeah. we talk about it, we're mm-hmm. moving away mm-hmm. from yeah. it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. maybe all of that. I don't know. 
Isn't there a reading of the, the kind of Adam and Eve story? This may be Joseph Campbell, or if I just I love think Joseph everything Campbell. is Joseph Campbell, that it's kind of like, this is the story of birth, really. Mm-hmm. All this is is the story of being content in the womb, mm-hmm. which is the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden, yeah, the pre-lapsarian state. dismissed from the womb, right? where you now have it's to make these choices. To be you, sure. know, you do yeah. have to kind of make these choices, and things aren't comfortable, and you are kind of right. cast out. Right. I think there's, that's when you become alive. State. Multiple reads, and I think yeah. each of them have truthiness. When you're to writing it. your thing about the loss of innocence, you know. Right? Yeah, and yeah. Well, I, I maybe the eating of the fruit also is the emergence of the ego. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Uh, which is um, happens from in it, from exper- uh, innocence into experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake has this whole idea: of the contrary states of the soul. Um, but what is, what are they? Well, innocence is a state that he identifies with wisdom and spontaneity and mm-hmm. imagination and uh, joy and exuberance. Yeah. And experience, on the other hand, is the opposite end of that. He uses words like, uh, you know, dark. Drudgery. Uh, What's it, like, re- because it's reason, re- reflection, on the uh, pa- reflection on something that's already happened or reflection on realizations, I guess, or... When you're wise, you think you know shit. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like, it like a, state, a state of it. mind that is um, that bases everything on like from its self consciousness or self aware viewpoint. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's like a calculative way of mm-hmm. of perceiving the world. Just it's non spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you uh, know, like you said, multiple reads, and that is a good read, and also the sense that um, other living creatures. Which we bear all resemblance to, except for our experience of life, which is so full of suffering, so full of an unnecessary suffering, like yeah. of fear of the future, mm-hmm. of things that haven't happened, or agony over things that are over there in the past. Yeah. Um, that that with that consciousness, with the ability to think abstractly and the ability to make tools and to make yeah. plans and all of that stuff, we lost the ability to be just in the moment like the rest of the animals are right and that, that state of existence is the eden he also world. says that, it, that it's necessary yeah the fall the fall is a necessary fall mm-hmm. and but there's another state after that once you've integrated the experienced state of the soul back into this is blake that says innocence this? you move to what's called organized innocence mm-hmm. yeah I think that's how I like structure. Yeah. yeah. That might be where I'm at right now. Organized <laughs> innocence is similar to like the way uh, they say that uh, very spiritual people often appear very childish. Yeah. Very yeah. simple. It's, sure. Yeah. It's the, it's the, yeah. the, 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 the joke of the universe. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, the big yeah. laugh, the big, ha ha, guess yeah. what? Yeah. Whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, on that note, I'm sorry, I got to bounce. Good yeah, I got to. good note. Yeah, this is as good a place as any is, uh, well, hey, Thank you guys all for this coming is awesome. and having yeah, dinner. This is, and, I appreciate uh, it, man. We, we need to have a name for this uh, event. Organized Innocence. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Organized Innocence. Part one. Brought to you by yeah. Central Conversation. Trademark huh? registry. Well, I didn't go with that Organized Innocence name, but that's kind of, you know, it's got potential. But, uh, gotta keep up brand I guess something like that such as it is also I realized when I was just listening back to my introduction uh, we're talking hundreds of years of issues not 40 or 50 not several decades but you know like 
eh, 400 years, maybe. Kind of hard to get over. Look, I know that, all right? I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody. I'm just saying, you know, what are you going to do right now? Rage against the machine or build a new machine? That's what I'd like to do. Let's build a new machine together, everybody. Let's not just keep this crap going. All right? So that's how I, I engage in it. I get my fellow gurus around for a little close teaching and we talk about these things and then I go out in, into this world and I try to practice what I preach and motherfucker it is not easy I get mad I look at people all the time as as somehow vexing me and you know I catch myself all the time thinking about other people as adversaries and I but the key word is I catch myself and I say very gently to myself knock it the fuck off alright these are your brothers and sisters these are your fellow pilgrims flying through space on this ball of dirt and rock and magma and we have all been sprinkled here by stardust and we have come a long way across the cosmos the void to take form here and we have no idea what this is all about this mystery is all about and it's let's not be petty let's be the luminous beings that we are and let's recognize that luminosity in each other because you know y'all that's what namaste means it means that which is divine in me acknowledges that which is divine in you so namaste motherfuckers and i'm out